Rugby World Cup podcast. Just as we probably expected after last week's quarterfinals, which were all so exciting, uh, the tournament, the World Cup tournament, took a bit of a dip tonight when the All Blacks came out and absolutely smashed Argentina in probably one of the great one-sided World Cup semi-finals. I'm Tony Harper. I'm editor of the Raw.com.au. I'm here with our rugby editor, Christy Doran, and we've just uh, been at the Stade de France. In fact, we're still in the uh, stadium, in the press seats here, watching uh, the uh, field get mown for tomorrow's uh, festivities when South Africa play England. Christy, it was all a bit one-sided, wasn't it, after what we witnessed a week ago here? Uh, I can tell you, I feel like I've heard the 660 song that just continues to be played out after every New Zealand victory and it's it's putting people to sleep and I'll tell you what that performance almost did as well but there were some spectacular moments in amongst uh, as you said a very one-sided match 44 to 6 uh, it, it was a New Zealand domination from start to, to finish but how good is Will Jordan what a player it's his tournament at the moment he and Richie uh, Mawanga uh, a hat-trick to Jordan he started it off with a try down uh, out wide in the right-hand corner, just in front of us, really, and finished it with the most stunning chip and chase. Marvellous individual performance. Uh, New Zealand rugby, injury-free. Ian Foster, a happy coach. Didn't even need to send out uh, Scooter Scott Barrett at the end there. That's how comfortable it was. Five minutes, he was given a, well, a very early break after a yellow card, but a 15-minute break in the end uh, to, to just you know watch it all unfold. I think you've just wrapped up the entire game in about 30 seconds. So good for you. We might try and make it last a little bit longer. And let's go to uh, Will Jordan to start with. We were speaking during the game. Um, we were talking in the taxi drive over here that took uh, about two took hours. <laughs> it should have taken about 15 minutes about Will Jordan and first try scorers and what lines were um, on the on the betting sheet. And then you revealed to me that Will Jordan was paying $1.70 to score one try. Well, I mean, he's ended up with three, but he should really have had four, shouldn't he? Uh, Richie Moanga has absolutely destroyed one there on him at the finish. Ah, uh, well, and I think it was Morgan Terano who was saying in the commentary, he knew, he must have known that the <laughs> great Jonah Lomu may rest in peace. Uh, clearly, he's, he, he did that well, back in the 95 campaign. Uh, and, and look, we're probably looking a step ahead just for the moment, but... Speaking of Jonah Lomu, he, he was featured so prominently in that 95 campaign. And, and are we about to witness a New Zealand-South Africa final? We'll come to that later on. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he was. I think it was $4 for him to score a double. Uh, he's a, a try-scoring machine. He's just so safe, so calm. He finishes tries superbly. He reminds me of Ben Smith. Uh, he'll surely move to the full-back position at some point in time. But they're a side that, if you look at them, we've got... All the bases covered in the back line. Geordie Barrett was the man of the match. He kind of offered that strength in the midfield. And and Aaron Smith just pulled the strings. Uh, a superb try himself straight after half-time. It was the five minutes either side of, 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 of the main break. That well, it wasn't even five, was it? It was like in injury time or in that stoppage time in the first half that uh, Frizzell went over and scored. And then it was about 90 seconds into the second half where Aaron Smith He's thrown that delightful dummy and done that done that big inside step. And I have never seen anyone who enjoys a meat pie like Aaron Smith does. He he just lights up, doesn't he? Even when it's his mate scoring, but when he gets one for himself. And that's four now. Will Jordan has eight tries in the tournament. He's two two in the front, 
of uh, Pinot as the uh, leading try scorer, but Aaron Smith with four of his own. God, he enjoys those. Yeah, well, we marvelled last week around Antoine Dupont and how how unbelievably gifted he is and how it's such a shame that he's not going to be playing beyond this or last week's quarterfinal. But Aaron Smith, World Cup winner in 2015, and we once again saw why he's so so good. He made a, a crucial tackle uh, on this short side where we are uh, tackling into touch at Issa, which yes. is an important yep. moment of the game. But we also saw the try, a great pass. His kicking game's always on point. And, and if he was to get another uh, World Cup title under his belt, like a Sam Whitelock who's going for three, going for history himself, uh, that would just be, uh, that would probably cement him as being the best halfback from a most successful halfback in, in World Cup history for sure. Uh, His quality and, you know, speaking of the, the moments either side of, of halftime, we saw Michael Chekhov go down the steps in front of us and you could see he was a bit, bit frustrated. He's leaning alongside the bench here and, and he's having a couple of words, muttering a few words to the fourth official. Clearly wasn't happy with the refereeing performance of Angus Gardner, who was very tough on the, on the Pumas, particularly around the breakdown. And, and, of course, the first try where Sam Whitelock really looked like he probably dropped the ball. He yes, did drop yep. the ball. Whether or not it went forward remains to be seen. I can't believe they didn't check that from a team over perspective. They check everything else, seemingly. Uh, but you can see Checker, before Frizzell grounded the ball out wide, Checker had already turned. He was fuming, livid. The fact that it could have been 15-6 at halftime. It turns out to be 22-6. And then moments into the second half, it's 27-6. And, and the game was done and dusted after 42 minutes, which was a real shame. Look, it was done and dusted, but interestingly, and we look at Aaron Smith, he was in there and you could hear him on the uh, mic coming through, on the referee's mic, just absolutely getting into his players for not defending up to his standard. And what really struck me is the number of leaders there. I think Justin Harrison, Justin Harrison mentioned that you know, 1 through 15 and probably 1 through 23 if that many got on. I'd, I stopped counting by the end. We're, we're exceptional. It was so hard to find a man of the match. But also, if you look at it compared to a Wallaby selection where it was often difficult to see who was meant to be leading that team out there, Kane, Whitelock, Smith, Mwanga, the Barretts, like so many leaders in this side, they're just another standard, aren't they? Yeah, and standard's a good word to describe Aaron Smith because he's always been one that's just demanded it. And you can see it even for the Highlanders. The Highlanders have struggled in a number of years in Super Rugby, yet here's the guy that's just ensured that they didn't fall off a cliff. Yeah, they didn't get to you know, the final four like they would often want to, but he's a, he's a marvellous servant of, of New Zealand rugby. The fact that he decided he wanted to stay in New Zealand rugby as much as he did. Others opted to go for sabbaticals in Japan and France. Aaron Smith didn't, and, and and fair play to him. He's he's reaping those rewards now. It's quite funny. We've just seen the, the flags that always hang up that show the the, the the two sides that are playing. The Argentinian flags just dropped, <laughs> and it's just dropped in front of us, and it kind of sums up there. Oh, it just fell off on its own. Oh, there you go. Then the, and the uh, New Zealand flag is still uh, flying high, as it probably will be in a week's time as well. Just just looking at how they played today and the. Just the precision in, in their play. And we saw, I think it was seven tries, didn't we? But the, the second try to me kind of summed up what, what we're looking at there and, and the difference between the All Blacks and some of the other teams we've seen in this tournament. And we had Mark Talea 
one-up breakdown or turnover on his own 22. A player who was left out last week for discipline reasons, restored by Ian Foster, you know, who, who's obviously shown good leadership there to reintegrate him. It's gone to Rico, Rico Awani, who's split three or four players, passed to Richie uh, Moanga. And, and this was the moment. So Richie had... Uh, Will Jordan outside of him, it would have been a tough pass. It would have been a risky one to play. You know, we might have seen a Fijian team or even a Wallabies team or some of the other teams we've seen in this try to push that pass. Now, Moanga just took it inside, took the tackle, and only a few phases later, they're over in the corner. It just, to me, summed up how they're attacking, how they're doing it in, you know, in precise ways and just how a step ahead of they are of most teams we've seen here. Tony Arbo, I reckon that's the best analysis you've ever done <laughs> because because you, you've, you've nailed it. Uh, Mark Talia, there was a couple of times there. New Zealand got pushed early on, and Ian Foster mentioned it in the press conference just a, a few moments ago. They were pushed early on. Uh, Argentina had the ball for the first minute and a half, uh, weren't able to do anything with it, but they had a couple of times, and I think three times throughout the match, but twice in the first half where they had more than 10 phases yet at no stage really did they ever look like they were going to properly penetrate the New Zealand defence that's the hallmark of Sam Kane Uh, and and that's a side you look at the 99 Wallabies team that won uh, what was it did they not concede a trial they conceded one One try to the US yeah yeah yeah. and and, and it's that that's often is the defiance champion teams and we saw it last week against Ireland uh, of course, when they manage to withstand 37 phases before Sam Whitelock get, gets on the ball, Mark Talia did it. We saw another couple of players do it in their, in their opening stages uh, tonight. But their transition attack is, is something that just separates them from any other team. They're the most lethal team in the world. Uh, they cut teams to pieces, and we saw that tonight. Great example there to pick up on, on Mark Talia with that breakdown. Sam Kane um, afterwards talked a lot about the defence and how the system, the system that they have, they believe in it, but also paid a lot of tribute to the guys who aren't in the 23 who are playing oppositional training. Um, they just look so well drilled, don't they? And they're never giving up there. Um, I, I just can't, at this stage, you know, and they went in with obviously a lot of doubts over the last couple of seasons, which we'll get to now in Ian Foster and the job he's done. But they just look like the best team going around. Yeah, yeah, and, and good luck to either England or South Africa, and we're looking forward to tomorrow's instant pod with, with Harry Jones and Brett McKay, uh, and they'll be summing it up, what happens after the second semi. But Fozzie was asked, who, who do you want to play next week? And he said, <laughs> I don't care. And you know what? It, why would you try to second-guess it? And, and, and we know that England will be niggly. They won't be able to blow teams apart. South Africa have got a great counter. Of course, they're going to be a huge physical threat themselves. Uh, but at the moment, it's hard to look past this New Zealand team just with how they, they seem like they're in a great place, both on the field, off the field. Uh, they, they, they've gone through adversity, and, and teams that come through and out the other side of adversity often you know, turn into to champion teams. and. Fozzie didn't make it about himself tonight at all in the press conference. He was asked, is it about revenge? He said, being part of the All Blacks is about being part of the team. It's not about any any agendas. And and we've seen a coach that can write himself into New Zealand folklore by <laughs> perhaps winning a World Cup. It, could, it would be a fourth World Cup for, for the All Blacks. It would be, uh, be three out of the last four 
he would have been a part of uh, a number of those. And and it's extraordinary to think that he won't be there. We don't know what his future is, and that Scott Robertson is not even asked to come here to watch these guys play at the moment because it'd be too much of a distraction. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Like Sam Kane also uh, asked about you know the difficult times they've been through, and he said, "Oh, we just try and shut out the external noise." But this noise has been internal noise, not external noise. They've created a lot of these issues themselves. It's not as if. Uh, a lot of the pressure has come on. They almost sacked him uh, Foster last year. Uh, they've given him a stay. Kane as well. Yeah, Kane as well. Stay of execution for, for both of them. I, I found Ian Foster was asked about it. It was a very long-winded question uh, that he was asked. He was asked a couple of times in his press conference. That was a very classy response about his future. I'm part of the group and I'm proud of the group. It's one more week. The answer is I'm just proud to be part of the group. There's no personal agenda. It's always about the team. Things have happened to individuals. Clearly, they've happened to me, but the team comes first. I don't know. Do you reckon, are you buying that? Do you reckon he's not absolutely fuming? Oh, he, he would be. And, and, and Ian Foster's come under a fair bit of, over the last, it's not just the last three to four years, it's probably the last six years where probably didn't endear himself to, to, to the fans worldwide by maybe a bit of arrogance, uh, carrying a lot of the snob at times, I'd say. And, but I, I agree, he, he conducted himself really well. And it's it's funny, you compare it to what's happening with South Africa and Razzie Erasmus and the, the <laughs> storm that he's created once again on social media and, and going back to a, a New Zealand-based journalist. Uh, I think it'll be very interesting to see how history looks back on, on Ian Foster. But if he can guide a well, them to a World Cup victory, then then you know all the stuff around uh, the infighting and whether or not he should be there or not there and the New Zealand rugby board, uh, that'll be forgotten if he's a World Cup winner because I saw Clive Woodward down there earlier tonight and he's been a World Cup winner for 20 years and still walks around knowing that he's the only person in the Northern Hemisphere <laughs> to guide a, a side to a World Cup victory. That's, what, that's how people remember people, not by the defeats but by the victories that they have. Where do you think uh, Ian Foster goes from here? Any any thoughts on that? Whether he's got a future international level, whether he's maybe heading like many of his players to Japan, or do you think it matters? I, I don't know. You're right. Every one of his, his compatriots is, is going up to Japan at the moment. I, I almost asked the question of why. What, what's Ian Foster got to do like, to go up to Japan? Like, What's his, what's his next goal? If it's money, sure. But uh, you know, he's been right at the coalface of New Zealand rugby, high pressure international rugby for so, so long. I, I could almost see him having a year off. Um, he might not do that. Um, would, would he ever become a pundit like so many others? Probably not. Yeah, but you see you see the Michael Checkers of the world that have dipped in and out of those sorts of things. What he's going to do remains just as pertinent and kind of questioning at the moment with no clarity around the Australian rugby coaching uh, frame. Uh, there's a lot of international coaching vacancies right across the landscape and there always is at the end of a World Cup cycle. So I, I didn't see Michael Checker's press conference tonight. I, I assume he wasn't really asked about beyond because on the field when he spoke, he talked about they want to win a medal next week. He's, he's kind of hoping that they can get something out of the third, fourth playoff. Uh, I mean, did he expand at all on anything beyond today? And if... If not, what did he what, what did he say about today's game? 
Uh, it's very, very tough to tell you that because it was all in Spanish <laughs> and there was a couple of words that were English, but they were more around the game tactics. I, I don't think he would have been buying into any of that. And you might next week, he probably would prefer not to. I know that when I spoke to him uh, a week and a half, two weeks ago, uh, and I saw him on Thursday, he doesn't necessarily want to engage in that. He said that he wanted to put all his energy into the one basket, which was hoping to lead Argentina to, to World Cup glory, which... Would have been uh, would have been great for not just South America, uh, but it would have been great for the World Cup, for World Rugby to have another side, a first first time team into World Cup final. Uh, we hoped that maybe Ireland might do it or, or France get in there. It won't be Argentina. It will probably be uh, the most predictable kind of final between two of the absolute powerhouses of, of World Rugby uh, going for a fourth. I would I would think. Rugby World Cup on the Raw. The Raw Rugby Podcast, our special World Cup editions, the instant reactions and the usual pod that you love and listen to in your thousands every week uh, with Brett and Harry, is uh, proudly partnered by ASICS, the maker of the Wallabies kit for this World Cup. The Wallabies have been home for a while, but there's no reason why you can't go and grab one of their jerseys. Asics.com.au, show your colours, show pride. Uh, let's um, look ahead to next season, guys, when Wales come to town. Oh, it's been a bit sad, hasn't it, Christy? But, um, you know, there's still, what, three games to go. We've got a game tomorrow night. We've got a third, fourth playoff. We've got a final. Well, I get the feeling like tomorrow will be a, a really, really great cracking semi-final contest. And it, and it always seemed to me like it was going to go one or two ways tonight between Argentina and, and New Zealand. Either Argentina would make a real uh, nuisance of themselves, cause frustrations of the breakdown, potentially hang into it, hang in there right into the last five minutes, or they're going to get blown away. And they absolutely got blown away. I don't think England will get blown away like uh, Argentina did tonight. I, I think it'll be a real um, wrestle. It could be a low-point scoring game. Owen Farrell will be trying to bang over threes and just take this game as deep as possible. Uh, the, the difference is is that South Africa know how to win these games. They know what pressure environment looks like. They're obviously, World Cup winners. They've got a, a madman and an unbelievable tactician in Razzy Erasmus and Jacques Nimba. Uh, you know, they, they, they're a supremely good coaching team together and collective. Oh, it's going to be a, a super match, I think, and it? And it will be just because of, you look at South Africa, they've got all the might, physicality up front, and then they've got the speed and the precision out wide with the, with the uh, you know, the Cheslin Colbys and the like. It's, I, I reckon it's going to be only a couple of points in this game, which, which the World Cup needs off the back of tonight's first semi-final. I think the um, South Africans have been fascinating, haven't they? The way they've... You, you know, the English guys were talking about what innovators they have been in this tournament. Um, the scrum from the mark last week, the use of the lights in the in the coaches' box. Um, and it's almost as if they're waiting for some tricks. Like, where are the tricks coming from? What what's You know, they're expecting the unexpected in a way. Uh, that combined with Rassi going on there and picking fights on social media and blocking journos he doesn't like and... You know, journos who actually work for World Rugby and turning it into some amazing conspiracy. It's all this, like, smokescreen around the game that makes it really interesting for you and me and maybe just eases pressure. I, I see 
I see a bit of what Eddie Jones was doing over our campaign where he was just like, you know, like just feeding lines all the time and twisting us up in contradictions uh, and trying to take some pressure off his players. Do you think there's some of that? Or is Rassi just this egomaniac who just, just cannot shut up? Oh, I think he's both, but how good is him? <laughs> At the start of the week, the only person he's following on Twitter or X, as it's now known, is is English rugby. Like it's it's such shithousery there from from Rassi. He's actually gone on not to follow them in the last twenty four hours or so. But he he is one of the great modern coaches, and he's questionable. They've come under fire for their head injury assessments and what they were doing last week too uh, against the French. Um, Will we see a few more trick plays? Oh, I imagine we will. You know, they are one of the great uh, innovatives or innovators of, of, of modern rugby. And and uh, Razzy Rasmus, if they can lead the box to a World Cup final and, and go on to win this World Cup, perhaps goes down as the greatest ever coach. I think he would leapfrog ahead of guys like Steve Hansen and the Graham Henrys of the world, the Clive Woodwards, the Rod McQueens, to be able to do it to turn South Africa around like he did in 2018 and then take them to where he has is an extraordinary thing. I just want to have a bit of a shout-out to Sean Edwards, the um, French assistant coach too, because he kind of got me off the hook this week. He, he wrote a piece in the Daily Mail where he said, it's the first time I've ever seen a player call a mark and ask for a scrum. A lot of people would not know you could even do that. I'm going to own up and say last week I pretended that I knew that that was possible, um, but I didn't. So thanks, Sean, for giving people like me an out. I know there were quite a few people who were like, look at that go, can you do that? Can Is that allowed? Well, even the great <laughs> Jeff Parks uh, did that. He turned to me he? And, and he was like, and he's, he's usually over every, every law. So, yeah, it, it, uh, it, was a, it was an amazing thing and how smart it was because they ended up getting a, a scrum penalty off the back of it, knowing that they just started to get dominance there. The, unfortunately for the box, they didn't actually find touch from the, from the penalty, but, but uh we will see a few of these. And if England are to front up and to challenge, Mario Toja is going to have to have a great game. He's going to have to lift his standards back to 2019 when he took it to the All Blacks. They're going to have to nail the breakdown. The guys like Tom Curry and the Ben Earls, the Jamie Back row has been outstanding, hasn't it? England, you mean? Yes, England. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look, it started to started to get there. There's no doubt about it. But oh, you know, you, you're going to be up against a Khaleesi, a Duan Vermeule, and uh, it's, you know, Peter Steph de Toy. Uh, there, there, there is nowhere to hide against South Africa, and that's the thing. Every moment they make, uh, they, they, it's a contest. There's no cheap seconds out in the field against the Springboks, and that's why England, who haven't been able to play for 80 minutes. They certainly didn't play for 80 minutes against Fiji. Uh, they didn't do that against Tonga, I think it was. Uh, they, they, they're going to have to take their standards to, to something that we haven't seen for a long, long time. Can they do it? They certainly have some guys like the Owen Farrells of the, the world who have uh, led Saracens and big European Championship finals. All of their experience is going to have to come to the fore. So Ben O'Keefe is refing that game. Uh, there was a story come out just before tonight's game kicked off that, and it was in a French publication who say they've seen World Rugby's report into last week's game and that Ben O'Keefe and his team made five major errors during that game, one being the uh, Cheslin Colby um, charge down that they said shouldn't have, shouldn't have stood. Uh, but interestingly, they found that two of those 
went against South Africa. Do you think that he's going to have an impact at all on... And, and do you think... I, I guess it's more like, do you feel that South Africa have an advantage because this will be the third match of theirs that he's refereed during, in this tournament? It, it possibly is because you start to get the rhythm, the feel of how a referee will officiate. But at the end of the day, uh, we, we've seen every match probably influenced by decisions. We saw it tonight with Angus Gardner come under a lot of criticism. And we saw it, of course in every one of those quarterfinals last week too. We saw it even between Australia and Fiji when I think it was Andrew Brace was, was blowing penalties uh, within a split second if you had any pressure on the ball. So, of course, it will. Uh, hopefully, we're not talking about it uh, at the end of it, but undoubtedly. And I think we just have to accept that, generally speaking. And, and maybe that's one of the reasons why uh, people like the English Wayne Barnes people like him because often he, we're not talking about him but we even even last week we were and, and of course in 2007 we were between the France and, and, and New Zealand so that's just something we've got to accept and, and I hope it, it, we're not talking about that okay tomorrow. Before we get out of here and try and either spend another two hours uh, getting an Uber home or trying to catch the last train I'm going to ask you what your prediction is for tomorrow and I want you to come up with a uh, certain try scorer so that I don't uh, make the same mistake I did tonight and not go in big time. I will be going uh, well, I'm going to say South Africa will win, perhaps it will be 18-15 um, I'm here for that uh, maybe even 17-15 Ooh, a couple of tries I'm here. I'm even more here for that Yeah, yeah. I, I think it will be a low scoring game well, a lot of these finals matches have been high scoring uh, matches but if there's a bit more weather around, which there is supposed to tomorrow, it'll come down to 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 the shot uh, to, to, to those that are kicking for goals. I think try first try scorer, uh, certain try scorer, uh, Kurt Lee. Yeah, uh, he he's an unbelievable try scorer at the moment. He's kind of lit up the World Cup like Cheslin Colby did four years ago. Uh, I'm all about him. He's amazing in the air. One of the likest guys going around, but plays so far above his body weight. It's not funny. There you go. All right, my prediction, a Rassi Moody run at the end. <laughs> oh, I'd be here for that. <laughs> I think social media would be here for that too. Yeah, we could do with the traffic on that one. Get those clicks going, hey. Oh, it's all about the clicks <laughs> in this modern era. But but it's going to be it's going to be a great game. And if we do end up seeing South Africa and New Zealand, that'll, be, uh, that'll probably be the appropriate final for this World Cup. Uh, two sides with so much history, six World Cups between them. Uh, and, and who comes out on top probably defines this generation of the period of, of uh, you know, the 20 years of dominance, which has been from, from Southern Hemisphere rugby. Well, that's been great, mate. Um, I'm, we're going to head off now, have a beer. So thanks for that. Looking Good forward. Chat. Looking forward. Are you going to have a beer at home or are you going to go out for once? I'm going to go wherever you are. That's it. <laughs> well, wherever you listen to this, thanks for tuning in. And I We like to stay close, don't we? we? We've been very close in the last 24 hours, but uh, we won't go there this time. <laughs>